Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. <laughs> Kia ora everybody. I'm Jordan, host of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. It's my hope that you find support and comfort in these stories, and I'm really looking forward to bringing you today's episode. Just a reminder before we get started that these are personal experiences and you should always seek medical advice before making any important decisions. I'm not an advocate for any particular model of birth or birth care, and this is simply a platform to share these empowering Kiwi birth tales with you all. This week's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales is proudly brought to you by She Moves NZ. Maintaining exercise during pregnancy or getting back into it after having a baby is a big deal. Do it the right way in the comfort of your own home with online pre- and postnatal exercise specialists Renee Norman and Jenna Smith from She Moves Fitness Collective. Ren and Jen run an online program which is delivered via Facebook and is suitable for all women with pregnancy-safe workouts, postpartum pelvic floor and core restore workouts and so much more. No matter where you are on your fitness journey, She Moves have a progressive pathway to get you from where you are now to where you want to be. Simply select a workout style, then join them live, or do it on replay any time that works for you. Ren and Jen are known for their authentic and motivating live workouts. As mums themselves, they say it how it is and share the highs and the lows of both their exercise and motherhood journeys. They are extremely passionate about getting more women moving and champion realistic self-care. 20 to 30 minutes of movement is all that it takes to rest your mind and make you feel good. She Moves is about helping you move forward towards better physical and mental health, more confidence and into the best version of you. She Moves is only $10 per month. For just $10, you'll get access to 10 new live workouts every single week and you can feel confident knowing that all workouts are taken by qualified exercise professionals. Ren and Jen have a special offer to help get you listeners moving. Just use the code KiwiBirthTales and you'll get your first month absolutely free. Head to www.she-moves.co.nz and follow the She Moves ladies at SheMovesNZ on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you so much for your support on this episode, Ren and Jen from She Moves. I really appreciate it. I've loved connecting with you both on Instagram and really looking forward to having the listeners join in on your Facebook exercises and keep an eye out for a big giveaway on the Kiwi Birth Tales Instagram following this episode. So a little bit of information about what's in today's episode before we get started. Today I chat with Amy Marshall and she takes us through the pregnancy, birth and postpartum period with her beautiful daughter Madison. And Amy and I cover all sorts of things. She had done a lot of hypnobirthing using Your Birth Project before she went into labour and that actually helped her initially before her labour when she had an ECV to turn her breech baby which was actually successful in the end. So she takes us through that and then she talks us through her long labour and what happened throughout it and then into her birth story. She also takes us through her postpartum period, how she's found recovery, and we also include a little bit about her postpartum sex journey, so what that has been like 
being intimate with her partner again and how she's found that experience so far. So a really interesting episode. I know you're going to love it. So I will stop talking now and let's jump into it. Hey, Amy, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. That's all right. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. No worries. Very excited to have you here. Would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about you and who's in your family? Um, Well, I am Amy Marshall. I'm 28 and live in Palmerston North. Um, I have my husband, Ryan, and two fur babies, Maisie and Patty, Mm. um, and our recent addition, our daughter, Madison. Awesome. Very cool. I travel to Palmy for work a fair bit, so I'll have to let you know next time I'm there. (laughs) Yes, definitely. We'll catch up for a wine. (laughs) For sure. Awesome. Cool. And do you want to talk us through um, what the journey to pregnancy was like for you guys? Um, So Ryan and I actually weren't trying to get pregnant. Uh, We got married last year and we were unsure on when we'd have kids slash if we would ever have kids, um, which is interesting because that's completely changed Mm -hmm. for me now. Um, But I obviously wasn't on anything. We were kind of carefree and just tracking my cycle and trying not to have sex when I was in the ovulation and fertile period. Um, But well, it didn't really go to plan, which <laughs> I ended up pregnant. I was actually booked in to get an IUD um, two months after I found out I was mm. pregnant. So that's hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, it was just the best surprise ever. I'm so freaking stoked that it did happen. Um, but yeah, weren't yeah. exactly trying. <laughs> yeah, awesome. And how did you feel um, initially when you found out that you were pregnant? Did you miss a period and take a test or what sort of happened there? Um, no, so we came home from our holiday. It was like the very start of January and I just felt really nauseous and I'm not really one that gets kind of sick during the days. Even if I've been drinking, I'm just, I don't get massive hangovers and I was like, something is wrong. We got home <laughs> and I was like unpacking our bags and I thought I was going to throw up. And so I just went straight to the bathroom and took a pregnancy test and it was positive. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, funny. And how were you feeling in that um, first few weeks in that first trimester? What was that like? Did you have many symptoms? Um, probably up until about week eight. So I found out when I was like four and a half weeks pregnant, I hadn't even missed a period yet. Um, and up until week eight, I felt really good. And I was like, oh, this is great. First trimester mm-hmm. breeze, <laughs> going for walks. I was still doing my workouts. And then it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I was so sick. Um Oh, it was awful. I would just eat like pies and cakes all day just to get through the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can relate. I just, I'm pretty much the same. I'm pretty sure all I ate was like crackers, white bread and noodles at the start of my pregnancy. Yeah, just like bad carbs. <laughs> yeah, it's no wonder that Jai loves noodles so much now. <laughs> um, cool. And what about the rest of your um, first trimester? So once you um, sort of felt nauseous and all of that, did you – were you actually sick much or um, how did you find, yeah, at the end of the first trimester? Um, so I didn't actually throw up heaps, but I was just yeah. always nauseous. Yeah. I got really bad headaches and the tiredness was unreal. Um, yeah. I would come home and just sleep for as long as I possibly could in the afternoons before I had to go back to work. Um and yeah, so I struggled through that. I'm someone who's so active and I found it really hard just be- feeling bedridden and feeling rotten all the time. Yeah. Um, so I was pretty stoked that when I got to kind of week 12, it pretty much just subsided and I felt a little bit more normal again um, and started to get my bump pretty early too, which mm-hmm. was really exciting. <laughs> yeah. 
Cool. And how did you feel or what was the rest of your um, pregnancy experience like? Did you do the standard testing that's offered in New Zealand and did you find out the sex of your baby? Um, Yep. So I did all of the standard testing. I didn't do anything extra. Um, And that all came back, I suppose, low risk or normal, um, whatever test it was. Um, The rest of the pregnancy, I really did struggle with pregnancy. I didn't love it at all. Mm. Um, And yeah, we did find out what we were having. So we found out that we were having a girl and that was really exciting. I really wanted a daughter. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm so stoked. Yeah, awesome. Cool. And did you have much of an idea of sort of what you thought you might want your birth to be like? Were you under a midwife's care or did you go through an obstetrician? What did you decide on there? Uh, So I went with a midwife. My mum's a midwife and I had always known the exact midwife that I (laughs) wanted to have. Um, So she was incredible. I stuck with her right from the start to the finish, obviously. Um, And birth-wise, I really, really wanted a natural birth. Um, I don't know why. It was more just like a challenge that I wanted to kind of prove to myself that I could do it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it didn't really go to plan, but I still love everything about my birth. Yeah, yeah, cool. And what about um, antenatal classes or birth education? I know I sent you the your birth project course. So what else were you sort of doing there and how did you find all of that preparation? Um, so I only did the hypnobirthing, so I absolutely loved the Your Birth Project um, hypnobirthing as well. Um, I didn't do any antenatal classes. I kind of felt that growing up with a mum as a midwife and also yeah. I was a pediat- <laughs> I was a pediatric nurse as well, So, and I'd worked in neonates too. So I felt like I'd had a fair bit of exposure um, yeah. and just, yeah, it was, to be honest, it was too hard to get there. My husband mm. and I own a restaurant and we work nights and weekends. Um, and I felt like he was probably going to get more from it than I was. So we just yeah. opted out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. It can be um, tough to get to those in-person classes for sure. And did you do sort of anything else in preparation for birth? I know there's lots of different things that um, Google or other people will tell you to do, but were you antenatal <laughs> expressing? Did you do the raspberry leaf tea? Did you do perennial massage? Any of that? <laughs> Oh my gosh, I did everything. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, our first issue with my ideal birth was that uh, medicine was breached up until 36 weeks. So I started my birth preparation at about 28 weeks because I found out that she was upside down when I went for a scan at 28 weeks. Um, So I kind of started doing all of the spinning babies. I did acupuncture. I did chiropractor. And then I ended up having an ECV to turn her at 36 weeks, which fortunately was successful. Um, And then from 36 weeks, I started everything else. So I did the antenatal expressing, I did the evening primrose capsules inserted and Mm -hmm. taken orally. Um, I did, what else is there? Everything. Um, Evening primrose, uh, sorry, the red raspberry leaf tea capsules, I took them (laughs) instead. Um, I would... I continued with the acupuncture. I did the induction acupuncture. I would yep. bounce aggressively on my exercise <laughs> ball all <laughs> day. <laughs> um, I did curb walking. I think the only thing I didn't do was have sex because my husband was like, nope, <laughs> yeah. not going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, funny. And do you want to explain to the listeners, just in case they haven't heard that term before, what an ECV is? Um, so it's an external 
cephalic version. Um, and it's basically where you have two doctors and they try and turn your baby manually from the outside. So I was given um, salbutamol, which is works as a muscle relaxant. And basically one doctor grabbed her head and one grabbed her bum and they very forcefully turn your baby around in your stomach. (laughs) Um, So you have quite intense monitoring before the ECB and then again after to make sure baby's not distressed and is safe and happy in there. Yeah. And how did you find that? Like, was it super painful or was it a lot of pressure or did you not really um, feel too uncomfortable? What was that like? Um, I found it pretty awful, to be honest, but it was actually amazing because that's when my hypnobirthing came in for the first time. Mm. Um, So I just kind of lay back, closed my eyes and did the breathing techniques that I'd learned. And I think that like the doctor said, it was a really hard ECV. She was stuck in my pelvis really um, firmly. Mm -hmm. Um, And he said that because I stayed so relaxed, which I put down 100% to my hypnobirthing. That's why it was successful. Yeah, nice. I think um, lots of people sort of feel really terrified at the thought of an ECV, but it's good to know that you found some of those techniques helpful and obviously great that um, you ended up with a baby that wasn't breached anymore. So that's an awesome outcome. Exactly. (laughs) So worth it. I would have done it every day if I had to. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Cool. Awesome. And do you want to take us through, I guess, the start of your labor? So was it spontaneous and how far along were you? Um, yep. So I did go into labor spontaneously at 39 plus six. Um, so I had had two stretch and sweeps that week. I had one on the Monday and one on the day I went into labor, which was a Wednesday. Um, oh, sorry, Thursday, but I had it on the Wednesday. So I woke up at kind of 1am with mild contractions I wasn't really too sure if it was going to progress any further because I knew that I'd had the stretch and sweep and sometimes you can get a bit of contracting after that. Mm. Um, but I went, got up and went to the bathroom and had my bloody show and started losing my mucus plug. So I got really excited and then <laughs> I was trying to be like, stop, stop getting excited because <laughs> the adrenaline's going to stop your labor. Um, so I went back into bed and tried to go back to sleep, but I just couldn't. So probably after an hour of contracting, I rang my mum because she was a five hour drive away to get in the car and then woke up my husband and I was like, we're going to have a baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was like, oh my gosh, how do you know? I was like, I'm having contractions. Um, so yeah, I kind of contracted through the night. Um, they started to get quite close together. So I was sitting at about five minutes apart and they were lasting around 45 seconds to a minute. So I thought that kind of things were going really well. Um, but then at about seven o'clock in the morning when my mum arrived, they started to space out again to about eight minutes apart so I said let's go for a walk so we took our dogs for a walk which was real nice kind of stopping in the middle of the street while everyone's driving to work (laughs) so that I can have contractions in the middle of the road um and then yeah just labored at home for the whole day and it started to get quite spaced which was really frustrating Mm. I found that latent phase of labor really hard mentally um used my TENS machine and my hypnobirthing the whole day at home and then at about four o'clock, just, my contractions really ramped up. So uh, we decided it was time to go to hospital. So when we got there, my midwife met us there and did a um, VE, so 
an examination and I was five centimeters and thinned, which was really exciting. I was like, cool. So got comfortable and got ready to labor for the next few hours. Um, got on the ball and just labored on the ball the whole time in the hospital and used the gas and air to get me through as well as the tens machine. I kept that on the whole time. Um, at, I think, so we got there at four o'clock at seven o'clock, my midwife wanted to do another examination. So we, I got on the bed and she examined me and I was nine centimeters. Um, so that was really exciting, but yeah, real exciting. So the only thing was when she examined me, my waters broke then and they were green. So Madison had passed meconium inside of me. Um, which kind of changed the whole dynamic of my birth. Mm. Um, so we had the we had the water bath run, um, water run, which was what I was really wanting to have, but that was kind of <laughs> literally down the drain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I cried when I heard the water. Yeah. <laughs> I cried when I heard the bath going down the drain. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, there goes my water bath. Um, and it meant that I was on the bed on full monitoring, which was just where I didn't want to be. Um, so kind of just knew I had to get on with it, got on my hands and knees and leant over the back of the bed so I wasn't on my back. Um, and then I started feeling quite like I needed to push, that involuntary pushing happened. I was having those contractions that my midwife said I sounded like I was mooing and we thought that it was kind of go time. Um And then my midwife said she just wanted to do one more examination before I started pushing because my body was kind of doing it anyway, but she just wanted to check. And... I had actually gone backwards to five centimeters oh, dilated no. and my cervix had thickened again. <laughs> it was awful. Um, and by that point I was exhausted. It had been 21 hours in labor by then. Um, and I just said, I, if I'm going to need an epidural, if we're going to continue <laughs> here. Um, so yeah, got an epidural then. So got the epidural, which felt like it just took forever to come that, um, anaesthetist had to come in from home, uh, because they had another crash section going on where the uh, other anaesthetist was. So she came in and the half an hour until she got there felt like forever because for some reason I was still having contractions as if I was in transition. So it was just hell. Mm. (laughs) Um, and yeah, so then it took another 20 minutes for it to kick in, um, and it was absolutely amazing when it did. It just, oh, my gosh, I completely relaxed. My parents, my mum went out to get um, some food and run, and I just sat there chatting to my midwife, and it just calmed the whole environment down again. Um, but once I had the epidural put in, I it dropped my blood pressure to, like, 70 over 30, Um and Madison started having decelerations on the CTG monitoring. So her heart rate was dropping down to like 40 or 50 beats per minute, which is super low. Um, and she was holding that for kind of like five minutes mm-hmm. plus. So it was starting to get a little bit scary there for a bit. Um, I was trying to change positions, but my blood pressure was so low that I was really dopey. So I kind of was trying not to press the epidural, trying to get Madison to move Um and she, my midwife said, all right, we'll give you another kind of 10 to 20 minutes. And if things don't pick up, then we're going to be going for a, an emergency cesarean. And I was like, okay, whatever. We just need to get this baby yeah. out safely. Um, a, cesarean, a cesarean was kind of my least favorable option going into labor. But at that point, it was like, whatever gets this baby in my arms, mm. I don't mind. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, 
And so, yeah, we kind of gave it the 10 to 20 minutes and then she had another massive deceleration. Um, and so my midwife wanted to do another examination. So she, when she was doing it, she kind of <laughs> took her hands out, <laughs> took her gloves off, threw them on the ground. She's like, oh my gosh, this little naughty baby, <laughs> you are fully dilated <laughs> and your baby is at station two plus. She is ready to oh come. <laughs> um, so I know it was like, oh my gosh. And I was just like, okay, I need, it was, you know, we still weren't kind of completely in the clear. It was like the baby needs to get out now. Yeah. Um, so we quickly called my mum back and while we waited for mum to come back, we let uh, medicine do, I, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but like a natural descent. Yeah. Um, rather than me pushing. And so when, when mum came back, we started pushing and pushed for 51 minutes and then Madison was born. <laughs> yeah, amazing. And did they pop her straight up onto your chest? Yes, yep. So we had skin to skin and the delayed cord clamping. Um, and, yeah, it was just so magical getting to lie there with her, hearing her first cry. Yeah. I was so scared that things weren't going to be yeah. okay. And so when she was okay, it was just this overwhelming relief. Yeah, yeah. Oh, amazing. And did you um, have any tearing or need any stitches or anything like that? Uh, yes. So I did have an episiotomy. Yeah. Um, my, yeah, my midwife just decided to cut me. So, yeah, I had a few stitches, which she just stitched me while I was having the skin to yeah. skin. yeah. Cool. And did uh, Madison latch on okay initially? How did you find that? Oh, she was a dream. She latched perfectly <laughs> first go. It was incredible. Yeah. <laughs> my mum was like trying to help me and then I was like, oh, I'll just try. And then I did it and my mum was like, oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. Aww. Very cool. And so what sort of happened from there? Did you spend the next few hours just getting to know each other or um, yeah, how long did you spend in the hospital? What did you find that was like? Um, so yeah, I did about an hour of skin to skin and breastfeeding, um, obviously had the stitches and then sh we had the weighing and everything. Um, yeah. after she was taken off me, I just immediately felt like disgusting. Oh, I was mm -hmm. you know, still sitting in my waters and still there was blood everywhere and yeah. she had passed meconium on me after she'd come out. And so I was like, <laughs> I just need a shower. <laughs> so, um, Brian snuggled her while my mum showered me um, and then after that kind of got taken straight to postnatal ward I was oh it must have been about three two or three o'clock in the morning by then yeah. um, and everyone was just so tired so yeah mm. went to postnatal had some more cuddles in the feed and then she went down and I think she woke up like once in the night she slept for about three hours um, and then we left the hospital at 9.30 the next morning because I just wanted to get home. But, yeah, yeah, it was a really nice hospital experience but very quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, awesome. Isn't it interesting? Like I know, and I'm sure that you um, know this from your hypnobirthing courses, but it's so interesting that um, when the meconium passing happened and that sort of changed your birth dynamic that you went backwards in progression and um, your body sort of did that without um, much of your – input it's just so interesting hearing that type of birth story it's it's really um obvious how your birth environment and different changes to your birth environment and situation can make such a difference oh 100 percent. this is exactly what I said to mum like if we had just kind of trusted that I was you know 
in getting into that transitional mm. trust where I was at, if I'd got into the water before I'd had an examination, then yeah. it probably would have been a very different outcome because we wouldn't have known that her that she'd passed meconium and she probably um, would have been fine anyway because she, yeah. was, she was fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah um, once that happened and it put me into a place where I didn't want to be, then mm. I felt like I completely lost control and, yeah, went backwards. So it is definitely yeah. very interesting. Yeah, I think um, probably there's a lot of people out there that would resonate with you without really knowing that that's what happened. So, um, yeah, and very interesting. And so how did you find going home? So you leave the hospital and you've got this new baby and your role as a mum. Like it's just, oh, I found it so crazy. So how did you find (laughs) going home and adjusting to those first few days as a new mum with your new baby? Um, oh, yeah, overwhelming, I think, like definitely amazing. You're in this crazy little like honeymoon bubble of, (laughs) oh my gosh, this, just this crazy love. But the car ride home was terrifying. I sat in Mm -hmm. the back and just felt like I needed to hold her head the whole time. (laughs) Um, and when we got home, like, I think adjusting to being a mum was like the most beautiful experience for me because I had my husband who he's a chef so he was cooking all of my food mm-hmm. I didn't have to worry about that my mum was cleaning my house I literally sat in a chair and breastfed my <laughs> baby got to snuggle her and sleep and it was just yeah. beautiful like yeah couldn't have asked for a better newborn experience I don't think yeah yeah awesome and did you notice when your milk came in or those sort of hormone changes did you experience any of the baby blues or how did you find that um I didn't get the baby blues luckily I was definitely expecting that I would because I'm quite a hormonal person normally (laughs) but um (laughs) I found the milk coming in really hard um we had a couple of days of Madison cluster feeding like crazy and it's just very exhausting um and then when your milk comes in and your boobs are just rock hard mm. <laughs> melons um and she couldn't latch to it because it was just so slippery because it being so hard um yeah. that was that was difficult I think yeah the milk coming in was hard um but I found it extremely hard the amount of visitors mm. um so I think in, instead of getting the baby blues I kind of got this like everybody get out of my house and don't touch my baby <laughs> feeling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And how did you sort of um manage that? Did you delay the visitors or yeah, what what sort of happened there? Yeah, so we allowed visitors for probably the first three or four days. Um and then I just said to my husband, I was like, I can't have people here anymore. Mm. Like we're not gonna settle into any kind of routine. I need to actually just be with my baby. Yeah. Um so yeah, we put a hold on put a hold on visitors for like probably the next two weeks. Um and even now I'm still quite fussy about who comes here because it's like it's so precious and I don't want people bringing bugs here, especially before she was immunized. Um and I actually am treasuring this time with just me and her mm. and I don't want people interrupting that every single day. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that's um, it's an important point because it can be a really uh, just such – you feel so much pressure during that time and you've got all these people that want to see your baby and see you and you can absolutely understand that. But equally, it's so overwhelming as a new mum and I think it's just important to give that message that – it's okay to say no to visitors if it doesn't feel like the right thing um, for you to do. Yeah, absolutely. And like one thing that I said um, to both my husband and mum as well at the time was, 
I found pregnancy really hard. Mm -hmm. I really struggled through it mentally. And I said, you know, all of these people are lining up to meet my daughter, which is beautiful. But where were they when I was struggling through my pregnancy? (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, and I just felt like everyone just wants to come and cuddle the new baby and then they're just going to disappear again. It's like, how about you just wait? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. I can resonate with that, definitely. And how did you find um, your initial physical recovery? So obviously you had an episiotomy, so how did you find the recovery from the stitches and just your general recovery from birth? I found the hardest thing to recover from the exhaustion. I Mm. think before going into labour, I'd had an hour's sleep and then add on a 23-hour labour and then up again for days. Uh, And it was just so hard to catch up um, on that. And I was just terrified I was going to fall asleep in bed with her on me Mm. or something. Um, But the actual physical recovery... The stitches definitely stung. I was so scared to go toilet for the first time. Um, but I used some like perineal spray. I think the Viva Levolva one. Oh, nice. Absolutely yeah. amazing. Yeah, so good. Um, and also another one called Nature's Touch. I used that as well. And cool. then my mum made me some of those padsicles. So they were oh, like yeah, awesome. frozen pads with yeah, yeah, like aloe vera and witch hazel. Um, but yeah, I think I recovered really well. I was out walking probably like a 45-minute walk a week after labor. Yeah. But yeah, it, after that, it took a, it took probably three weeks for the stitches to feel healed. Yeah, yeah, cool. And what about your sort of mental recovery? So I know you've mentioned a few times that you didn't really enjoy being pregnant and I felt the same way um, about my pregnancy. But how did you find... <laughs> I guess the mental adjustment from being pregnant to all of the sudden um, you're a new mum and obviously your body's still changing postpartum. So how did you find all of that? Um, I feel like the second she was out of me, I felt like myself again. Yeah, It was crazy. So the mental adjustment for me was just a massive, massive improvement. I felt like this whole new person walked well, back to my normal self and it was just amazing. And I was just so overwhelmed with love that it, mm-hmm. I just had, yeah, it was really positive. I loved, <laughs> I loved everything about turning into a mum yeah. and about saying goodbye to the pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome. Very cool. and how's your um, breastfeeding journey been going since um, your initial awesome latch? Oh, perfect. She's just, she latched perfectly and she's been great ever since. Um, I think probably when my milk was coming in and she was cluster feeding, I got a little bit of like grazed nipples, yeah. but kind of used some of the um, lanolin nipple cream and yeah, everything since then has been fine. She feeds so beautifully. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Very good girl. Awesome. And one of the questions that we've been talking about a bit lately on the Kiwi Birth Tales Instagram is about postnatal sex. So I know that um, this is obviously such a different experience for everyone, but one of the questions I often get asked is how have you found that journey back to um, being intimate with your partner? And obviously pregnancy changes um the way that we're intimate just from a perspective of hormones and actual logistics being being super pregnant. But how <laughs> have you found, I guess, um, having an episiotomy and then recovering from that and then finding your way back to being intimate with your partner? Um, well, I was absolutely terrified <laughs> to yeah. be intimate again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, obviously a baby's come out of yeah. there. And so, yeah, I was really scared. And because, like, as I mentioned earlier, prior to giving birth uh, Ryan was not interested in sex he was absolutely horrified that his daughter was so close (laughs) Um, so 
we were coming up like four months of no sex. Um, But I think after giving birth, because like we knew that we couldn't, we kind of got intimate on a different level, I suppose. So we'd like kind of have really nice chats um, and kind of try to keep the spark alive through that but obviously you know there comes a time where you have to yeah. actually be intimate yeah. again um and I was only at six weeks last week so we waited the full six weeks to do it again and to be honest it was just awkward like it felt like I was losing my virginity yeah. again yeah <laughs> and it almost felt like just the something that I had to get out of the yeah. way um so the first time we did it, it definitely was not as painful as I thought. Um, I was so scared that it was just going to yeah. hurt and like <laughs> rip me apart yeah. or rip my stitches or something. But um, no, it was it was fine. And I think like the first time it felt different, but then again after that, it's just it's back to normal now and it's it's good. Yeah. But yeah, getting that first one out of the way was just awkward. And to be, I actually ended up crying afterwards because uh, I was yeah, it was just a different experience and I was self-conscious your body's changed and then yeah (laughs) but glad that first one yeah (laughs) I think there's probably so many people like myself included who just like that I had a c-section and I was still nervous it was going to hurt I just I didn't know what to expect it's such a like it's just such an unknown um and it's just like your body's changed and your mental state's changed and you're exhausted and there's just so many different um, things that fall into that. So thank you for sharing. I think there'll be a lot of people out there who are really pleased to know that um, even if you had an episiotomy, it wasn't a super painful (laughs) experience. And yeah, um, that's really good to hear. Oh, it was more painful when it, more painful when he tried to touch my (laughs) boobs and I'm like, don't do that. I'm not yours anymore. Hands off. Thank you. Oh oh my god! It was so funny though because like the first time we did it, this is so unsexy. No wonder I ended up in tears afterwards. But we like started to started to like get into it, and then I take off my clothes. I'm wearing a freaking like Kmart maternity crop, (laughs) and like some maternity seamless underwear. I'm like, oh god, this is not going good. (laughs) Oh, how times change, right? Like, oh, I just can't even. Yeah, I told my my two year ago self that that is how I would be looking in front of Joe. I would be absolutely <laughs> I know. So funny. <laughs> now it's yeah, yeah, totally. And did you see um like a postnatal physio or anything like that during your recovery period? No, I didn't, but I have been doing pelvic floor exercises every time I breastfeed. Okay. Um, and I ended up deciding that I felt normal, so I wasn't going to put too much more thought yeah, into it. Yeah, um, yeah personal decision. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> Very cool. And is there anything else that you'd like to share about your journey before we close up? No, I think I think that's all that I want to share. Probably just that I can't recommend hypnobirthing yeah. enough. Um, I know I say it a lot on my Instagram, but it's, it's honestly changed my whole outlook on birth and even though my birth didn't go to plan, I just absolutely love everything about it. And I honestly can't wait to do it again. Awesome. Very cool. Well, I can't wait for you to do it again either and hopefully have you back on on the podcast. Um, (laughs) Thank you very much, Amy, for coming on and sharing your experiences with us. I really appreciate how open you've been. And I know that it's a story other people will get a lot out of. So thank you. Thank you. No worries. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. I hope that you have enjoyed it. I'd love to hear 
your feedback either on the podcast app that you're listening on you can leave a review or a star rating I would be really appreciative if you could support me in that way and another huge thank you to She Moves for sponsoring this episode of the podcast I'll pop all of the information in the show notes so that you can find them but your support really supports me so thank you I look forward to bringing you next week's episode so stay tuned Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.